This is Monday Mindset with Isha Warriors, Episode 4, Dirty Pain and Sticky Thoughts. Aloha. My name is Ali Lothane. I've been empowering and inspiring others through yoga for over 15 years, specializing in yoga for teens. If you are ready to live life to the fullest and love it along the way, Let's enjoy the journey together. Today I'm going to talk about how pain can be a teacher instead of a tyrant, and how important it is to take the time to deep clean the shelves of your thoughts. Have you ever cleaned out your pantry and discovered a dusty can? As you wipe off the grime, you discovered it's been expired for years. Do you serve it for dinner or do you throw it away? Now imagine, as you continue your deep dive into pantry cleaning, you also discover the black strap molasses lid wasn't closed well and the dark gooey substance has oozed down the jar and left a sticky puddle on your shelf that has now solidified over the months. You know it's going to take time and effort to clean. So do you leave it? Or do you put in the necessary elbow grease and clean up the shelf? Many times, people think of yogis and wise sages as the Zen gurus who manage to somehow stay above the everyday stresses and emotions like anger or jealousy without getting emotional. Like somehow they magically don't experience the warring feelings that surge within us mere mortals. In reality, Yogis experience all the vicissitudes of life and the myriad of emotions that go along with it. The difference lies in the fact not that they lack emotions, but that they are extremely tapped into their emotions. Yoga increases self-awareness of the body, mind, emotions, and spirit. Yogis get really good at creating space to observe their own thoughts. This increased awareness of their thoughts then helps them notice how these thoughts create feelings and consequently how those feelings affect our physical bodies. Increased awareness motivates them to do things that cultivate a healthy, thriving body and mind, from the food that they eat to the things that they watch or listen to, to the thoughts they choose to keep and the thoughts they choose to let go of. Let's go back to your pantry. Picture each of the cans and cartons lining your shelves. Like they are your emotions, your thoughts, and your actions. There are an entire scope of feelings. Joy, fear, jealousy, bitterness, love. There's a whole row of canned stress. And another shelf lined with cartons of hashtag guilt. And instead of reading nutrition labels, you see listed out on each can the thoughts that created that product. Thought, you really rose to that challenge courageously. Well done. Written across a can of confidence. I am so grateful. Noted on a box of feeling blessed. What kind of idiot would forget to pick up their child from practice. Harshly inscribed 
on a carton of self-loathing. And the shelves go on and on, cluttering up our pantry shelves, waiting to be purged and cleaned out or used. Are you hoarding all kinds of expired thoughts and emotions? Do you open up and eat those outdated canned goods again and again, even though their contents derive no nutritional value? What is causing you to hold on to those expired goods? When was the last time you honestly looked at your pantry of emotions and thoughts? Yogis get really good at cleaning out their pantry. Jillian Pransky once said, Yoga doesn't make anger, fear, disappointment, or jealousy disappear, but those feelings have a much shorter shelf life. And it's easier to move through them and get back to a state of openness and love. Trials are going to happen. All kinds of emotions are still going to line your pantry shelves, but yoga helps take time to pause. It helps us create space to observe, to hold that can, so to speak, in our hands and decide if we really want to serve it up again or are we ready to let it go and throw it in the trash? Most people associate yoga with twisting into pretzel shapes or going into impressive arm balances. I have definitely gotten stronger and more flexible over the years practicing, but the biggest blessing I have gained from practicing regular yoga for over 20 years has nothing to do with either of those things and everything to do with the fact that yoga physically forces me to slow down, to quiet my monkey brain, and it compels me to take time to observe, to check in, to notice, and become aware in a way that I wasn't ever able to growing up. People think yoga is all about the asanas or the poses, but all those poses were created so yogis could sit longer in meditation. All the poses are just a means to quieting the mind. When I tell people I teach yoga, one of the first things people say is, oh, I'm not flexible enough. What I wish I could articulate in a one-line response is how yoga is so much more than just touching your toes. It provides us with the pause that refreshes. It is being in that be still place that enables us to notice that messy pantry in the first place. Every time I hit the yoga mat or teach a chair yoga class, I have the opportunity to pause and get in tune with body, mind, and spirit and let go of the thoughts and feelings that aren't doing me any service. Every time I connect with my breath, I connect with a higher power and cultivate wholeness. You do not have to practice yoga to create be still time and meditate. It's just the best way for me. But it's not the only way I seek solace. What are the things that you do? Do you make time to be alone without any electronics? 
Make time to be fully present wherever you're at. Take time to pause and breathe deep. Be out in nature. Journal. Pray. Read scriptures or inspiring books and ponder on their words. One way or another, you do have to put in the time and effort to clean house, so to speak. Or what happens is you end up carrying around a lot of heavy, dirty pain and unhelpful, sticky thoughts that keep you from progressing. In yoga, we call dirty pain unnecessary suffering. Acknowledging that pain happens but that we choose to hold on to suffering. A yogi would explore the source of suffering and then cultivate the opposite through developing their thoughts guided by yamas and niyamas. These are 10 ethical guidelines foundational to all yogic thought. Yogic thought. That's a funny word, yogic. (laughs) Yamas and niyamas are incredible tools I've incorporated in my classes for years. And one day, I will do a podcast just on them. That day is not today. Today, we start by wrapping your head around what dirty pain is and what sticky thoughts are. So, what makes pain dirty or clean? If you go online and Google Jody Moore, J-O-D-Y-M-O-O-R-E, and dirty pain, it will take you directly to a page that's entitled, Is Your Pain Clean or Dirty? And it goes into more detail about the subject. Okay, like I said before, pain happens. Physical pain, emotional pain, it's a necessary component of this human experience. And as much as we try to avoid it, it will find you. What if our mindset was to view pain as a teacher instead of a tyrant? What if we understood that pain helps us grow and can actually lead to healing? Going through labor and delivery, I learned that I had to allow the pain to literally flow through me. To me, getting an epidural those first two pregnancies helped me relax and allow the pain to happen without fear. I learned that resisting the pain made everything much worse. Embracing it produced miracles and a newness of life. There are so many different scenarios and circumstances that evoke pain. Take a moment. Think about the last time you felt sad, betrayed, scared, disappointed, or injured in some way. How do you know If the pain you are feeling is clean, necessary pain that we need to allow to flow through us in a time that is honoring to us individually, or needless suffering that we're creating in our mind and just creating more pain and needless suffering that needs to be thrown out. To me, it boils down to one question. Is this healing and helpful pain that is allowing me to progress, let go and move forward? Or is this pain keeping me stuck? 
Think again about the circumstance that just recently happened to you that brought pain. What thoughts are associated with that circumstance? What emotions bubble up? Don't try to hide them. Do not feel shame or criticize yourself for feeling them. It has been said that your body lives in the real world, but your mind lives in a world of thoughts. And there are a lot of places to explore in this world. So give yourself grace and again, practice being the silent observer. Be the tourist viewing your thoughts and emotions with a camera of curiosity, not a lens of criticism. Be the tourist viewing your thoughts and emotions with a camera of curiosity, not a lens of criticism. If you feel sad, sit with that emotion like you would sit with your best friend and say, tell me what's wrong. I will listen as long as it takes. What can I do to help you? Write down what comes to mind and look at the thoughts on the paper. What thoughts feel freeing and cleansing to acknowledge? Which thoughts stir you up to even more anger and sadness, more blame and self-pity? Clean pain is like a deep tissue massage working out a big knot in your shoulder or a yoga pose that pushes you to your edge. It's intense. It hurts, but like in a healing, this kind of feels good, I know that this is helping me kind of way. Dirty pain is just another way to avoid feeling what is truly causing the clean pain. It masks it. It is the mind stuff that layers more and more painful emotions on top of the original one. Dirty pain is full of sticky thoughts. Remember that molasses that spilled all over your shelf? You can't just take the glass jar out and throw it away and think you're good to go because there's this gooey residue still that you must scrub and clean up before you move on. Sticky thoughts are thoughts that keep you from progressing. Sticky thoughts have to be identified and dealt with or we become hamsters on a wheel of unhappiness. If you feel like you are on your own personal hamster wheel, it is possible that you have convinced yourself that your unnecessary suffering, your dirty pain, is clean pain. It's easy to trick ourselves, especially if we've been doing it for a while. Sticky thoughts keep us from moving forward and progressing. Sticky thoughts lead to fear, frustration, scarcity, overwhelm, worry and concern, anger and bitterness, and they are tenacious. This past month, I took my five-year-old out into the woods behind our home and walked about a fourth of a mile through the trees to a little retention pond in our neighborhood. As we cleared the trees, I felt this intense scratch on my wrist. Looking down, I realized my fleece jacket was covered with hundreds of small burrs. 
I didn't even think I had grazed against a bush or a tree. It's like they had actively sought to grab a hold of my fleece. I spent an hour after our walk picking out burrs, and I barely made a dent. I contemplated throwing the fleece away. I tried sending it through the wash. Eventually, I dropped it into the back of my closet and just wished the burrs would come out on their own over time. But I know that if I want my favorite jacket, my warm, cozy fabulousness again, I'm going to have to take the time to pick off each and every one of those sticky burrs. Sticky thoughts like to burrow in everywhere into your inner dialogue. And there isn't a one rinse fix for your thoughts, just like I couldn't send my jacket through the wash. Those burrs are not going to be detached that easily. And that's okay. The more time we spend noticing them, the better we are at finding them and cleaning up that goo or picking them off and throwing them away again. Note that the opposite, healthy, non-sticky thoughts, aren't necessarily what we might consider as, quote, happy thoughts. It's definitely not us pretending that everything is fine when it's not. It's not lying to ourselves and saying, it's okay, I'm just fine, it's fine, everything's fine. Okay, non-adhesive thoughts engender tenacity, courage, and peace. They feel empowering, not necessarily joyful all the time, but they do incite hope and they lead to a feeling that things are doable, that there are solutions available. My husband has applied for a promotion at work. He has been passed over for promotions at least three times before. If he doesn't get this promotion, it will feel like a gut punch to my heart because he's incredibly amazing. He has had 15 years of experience with this company and he is incredibly qualified for the position that he's applied for. If he doesn't get it, it will be painful. And I will need to allow time and space for both him and I to feel that clean pain and process. What I will also have to watch out for is adding unnecessary suffering and dirty pain to my clean pain. If he doesn't get that job, I will have a lot of sticky thoughts that will want to latch on as quickly as those burrs did to my fleece. Thoughts like, this is so unfair. That job should have been his. How could they do this to him? Who is to blame? And that's just being human. It is human to tie your worth into what you make or how you provide for your family. It's human nature, but that's definitely all wrapped up in sticky, sticky thoughts. Do any of those thoughts feel empowering or engender hope? Or do they add more anger and bitterness, more sadness What thoughts could I try on instead? What do you think? 
if he doesn't get this promotion, what do you think would be a more empowering, healthy thought to try on? Like, what can we learn from this experience? Not getting that job says nothing about your worth, nor are you defined by it. Who can you talk to to help you process this disappointment? What good could come out of this? Curiosity, not bitterness. What good could come out of this? Is it possible that this door closing is leading you to a better door of opportunity that you can't see right now? In yoga, we recognize the need for both the yin and the yang in our lives for equal balance. Our lives must be compromised, or not compromised, comprised of both times of stillness, acceptance, and allowing, as well as times of change, movement, passion, and accomplishment. So, If he feels that clean pain of not getting the job, he could ask, does it feel right to allow and accept this? The yin. Or is this pain moving me to make a change that is hard and scary, but necessary for me? Yang. Either way, come from abundance. It's going to work out. There are so many places, so many opportunities that value me and what I have to offer. My brother-in-law lost his job during COVID and both he and my sister had to sort through all kinds of clean and dirty pain. Fortunately, they were able to support each other and dig deep from a well of faith and abundance to sustain them through a time of uncertainty and stress. But make no mistake, it was stressful. Eventually, he got a job that was even better than the one he had before. But what about the times we feel clean pain about things that can't be restored, like a job, losing a job and getting a job, right? What about losing a loved one. Remember my reference to childbirth? I know. Please forgive me. I promise it will not be my go-to analogy. But natural childbirth is just, it's the most intense physical pain I have ever experienced. I was able to let that pain wash through me and amazing miracles did occur, but it has lasting effects. It took weeks to heal fully, and even then, it is very common for women after childbirth to need stitches, surgery, physical therapy, and other measures to help restore their bodies after such an ordeal. There are also aspects of my body that I know will never be the same because of having four kids. It isn't better or worse, it's just different. And some days when I see those differences, it's easy and I can deal with it. And other days I look at it and it's hard. When you lose someone, you will grieve them in your own way and in your own time. 
and waves of clean pain will wash over you and through you repeatedly. Even after you might feel healing and wholeness, your life is going to look different than it did before. Some days it will be easy to deal with the difference. On some days it will be bloody hard. Let go of the sticky thoughts every time they try to claw onto you like fleece. Let go of the unnecessary suffering every time that dark goo oozes into your life. Do not try to do it alone. Ask for help in whatever way honors you and ask often. In this world of constant movement and instant everything, we tend to lean into the yang and neglect the yin. We hurriedly open and close the pantry door to make the dinner that we need to for that night and rush on to the next task without ever taking the time to reach back into the depths of the shelves and evaluate what we've been hoarding or storing up inside. Let us stop being afraid of what is stockpiled in the back of our pantries. Let us take time to pause. This week, take the time to deep clean your pantry. You can do it literally or figuratively, but this week, examine the pain you feel and figure out if it's clean pain that will teach you Figure out if it's clean pain that you can allow to wash through you, leading to acceptance or perhaps change, to new growth and miracles. Or is that pain dirty pain, chock full of unnecessary suffering, sticky thoughts, and expired notions that have been cluttering your shelves? To feel our true self-worth, we must be self-aware. To feel our true self-worth, we must be self-aware. I pray that you do not weary from your task at hand. I pray that you take time to clean those shelves often. It will be worth it. Thanks for listening in today. Come join me and other like-minded teens in my weekly live yoga classes at ishawarriors.com. Your first week is free. So why wait another minute to increase peace in your life and feel empowered every day? See you on the mat.